With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. There we go. Cranky old audio in the background, not working. Mike, I hope you can hear a word I'm saying because it's yes. coming in nice and clean for me. Yeah. I don't know why um, uh, I can't push a video right now. but Yeah, yeah I don't know if you guys are up to date on The Last of Us, but that uh, was kind of like episode three. Um, a little bit when Frank was trying to play uh, the piano, and uh, it didn't sound very great. And uh, now the boys are back, and now, Bill, now Bill's taking the keys, so. Yep. Glad, uh, glad we got the sound back. <laughs> I don't know how to play the piano, right? I'm pretty sure I don't know how to sing, although there yeah. was a time. That scene is so funny to me because clearly um, in episode three, Bill and Frank are singing uh, that um, Ronstadt song to each other, right? Yeah, Linda, yeah. I, I didn't think Frank did that bad and then i was listening to the podcast later for the show and they're like yeah he just did a terrible rendition i was like it's it's really not that bad it was, it was fine like, it was way better than what i could turn in so i know where they were saying that you know he actually knows how to sing and play piano so he had to yeah. pretend to know not know how to sing and play piano and i'm like i don't know it's probably a lot better than i could do so uh yeah hats off yeah, bo- both versions uh what what's his name is his name michael is it or Oh, Murray Bartlett. Murray, that's it. Yeah, Murray. Um, 
Yeah, he's he's like an HBO god right now. Turns in a show stealing performance for uh, White Lotus and takes the first a big season. dump in a suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh yeah, The Last of Us. Uh one episode in and out, perfect but, television. Uh, yeah, talking about a, a dump in a suitcase. Let's talk a little Red Wings power play. <laughs> Chewie's aboard. What's going on? What's Chewie? going on, Chewie? Uh, Jim Johnson, I believe the the Wings will sign Larkin, and we'll look back at the Horvat signing as where Stevie will sign him at about eight and a half million AAV. Chewy, nice background. Thank you, sir. Um, Jim, after I saw that Horvat contract, man, was I happy we did not trade for Horvat. Um, yeah, we're, we're so we're two weeks removed from that. Uh, we're one week almost. It's within the last week that Horvat got his eight years, eight and a half million. Um, it was Lou Lamarillo, Mike, when asked what the AAV was. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, Lou Lamarillo, a lot bamboo. He said, uh, <laughs> when asked about how much he was uh, paying Bo Horvat, he said, it was too much money for too long. And that was his answer. So then we had to wait for Elliot Friedman to get us the number. But... Um, it was fine. Like, I, I know there's some people that'll poo-poo that thing. Uh, it's definitely, like, old man being an old man. And, um, you know, when he turns around and he has to explain who signed that contract on the Islanders' side, I think he's going to have, you know, a nice little yeah to do a lot of the I think, uh, yeah, based on the trade offer that it took, I, you know, I think there's a couple of national publications that you and I both trust that, you know, value the Red Wings prospects pretty highly. Um, and knowing that it would have taken a top prospect and a dude and a first rounder and knowing that the Red Wings first rounders are still pretty valuable because we're not a good team yet. Um, knowing that we have better prospects, uh, I don't think Eisenman was willing to do that. I bet he was willing to, you know, try and talk Bo into a shorter deal in the off season, you know, in free agency, but I don't think he was willing to give up not just one of his valued prospects. Like, Iserman would not be willing to give up an Iserman draft, you know, an Iserman drafted guy and a pick and, you know, eight eight plus million a year for eight years. It's uh, That's an eternity. Um, I yeah. think one thing I forgot, too, and it was brought up by uh, Sean McIndoe of The Athletic, where I, I kept saying, like, the way that this works is you trade for Bo, Bo Horvat, you know, it's you're you're going to have two one Bs, right? You're going to have Larkin and Bo Horvat as your your top your top six centers. But I said Horvat needed to get paid, you know, well underneath Larkin. Larkin needs to be the hero here, and that wouldn't have been that wouldn't have been the case. And what I forgot, and again, Sean McIndoe pointed out, uh, down goes Brown on Twitter. Some of you guys, Puck Soup, anybody? Uh, was that when you do the sign and trade, you always overspend on the guy that you traded for. It's almost like uh, the way the way he explained it, one, there's just the, it, uh, it's become routine. It's almost tradition. Uh, and two, it, there there's the, idea that well you gave up all these assets like you can't just let them walk now you you have to justify the trade yeah and at that point the more you pay them you're giving value like you're you're supplying the value now to the guy that you just said was worth a first round pick uh one year more exciting prospects and of course a guy to fill out the roster for vancouver um so i mean like that's where the convert like he's he's feeding 
his own he's feeding the narrative of like no we just traded for like an eight and a half million dollar guy that hopefully <laughs> knocks in 50 goals this year which i think i think bo got a goal on his first game uh with the yeah Islanders. he's spending uh 50 he's got one point in two games oh yeah. boy Whoops. he's getting there yeah <laughs> so it's already been two games yeah um so yeah, I, I and I like how Jim started the conversation here because we titled our our, our episode "Detroit Red Wings Negotiations with Larkin Continue," and that's because everything that's been happening in the league is kind of surrounding again. Like if you listen to uh, Thirty Two Thoughts with Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick, what are they talking about? They're talking about Dylan Larkin. Uh, I saw Dylan Larkin was on. Um, Local broadcast uh, earlier. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. We'll bring. I'll bring that up in a second. Didn't mean to bring up your comment. <laughs> I'll funny. show Mike in a second. Yeah. Um, local broadcast uh, where Larkin was commenting on his lack of contract was a topic of conversation at the All Star game in the locker room. Like, buddy, what's going on? Where's that money from Stevo? And Lark's just had to be like, I don't know. I'm the captain. There, there wasn't any way contract. that, uh, like, you know, Stamkos could have walked over and be like, guys, this is how it is. Don't worry about it. It's coming, right, big fella? You know, uh -huh. he'll sign it, in, you know, late July, right? You know. Yeah, there were there were a couple of things, too, around, like, that Stamkos contract that I was trying to wrap my head around. And it, it just, the more research I did around, like, how much a guy like Stamkos is getting paid um, and the percentage of cap he was taking up when he got that contract um i think you and i have had a conversation all year like is larkin worth the nine million i would not let larkin go if it means you have to sign him for nine million i think the last thing you guys want as red wings fans is to spend the rest of larkin's career hoping he does poorly because we let him walk um that won't be a fun way to spend it and that half a million won't do it but the more research I did, damn it all to hell, Mike. I think I was wrong in trying to interpret what no. Larkin was worth. But, yeah. um, I mean, I've heard I, there's two sides of this conversation. There's like um, what, what you want to say he's worth based on percentage of the entire salary and looking at a guy like Steven Stamkos who uh, collect – oh, there goes Mike uh, – who collected as much um, – around what he's at like eight and a half mil right now but um that percentage of salary would kind of be similar to what larkin would get if he was above nine mil 9.25 definitely at nine five um so at that point do you want to have that conversation oh mike's back do you want to have that conversation of you're going to pay dylan larkin the same percentage of salary cap mike you really didn't miss anything you know how long-winded my explanation no my uh no my audio worked for you it was uh we just want to hats off to xfinity uh for that great internet connection yeah well nobody really noticed because i just kept jibber jabbering um but can you justify do you think dylan larkin's gonna put up the steven stamkos production because if you pay him the nine and a half mil 9.25 mil you're talking about the same average uh i'm sorry the same amount of salary that uh stamkos is taking from the tampa bay lightning when he originally signed his contract does that make sense uh hmm, let me uh listen we're gonna ask you to uh basically hit your 
a, a brand new career high uh, for the next. Oh no! Did I die again? Yeah, but we can hear you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on because I I, I haven't touched anything, and it keeps saying that uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, um, it's fine. No, I mean you'd be asking him to set career highs um, in all of his statistical categories for the next couple of years. Um, oh, now we got to look at more Matt. Um, yeah, it's it's not really feasible. It's, it's he's he's not going to be Stamkos. I I I think we've we've come to that conclusion unless he has a miraculous. If you want a Detroit um, example, unless he becomes you know JD Martinez, who completely wildly changes how he approaches offense and suddenly becomes an MVP candidate. So right now, um, let's pull this up. Let's make this a little bit bigger. Uh, Dylan Larkin, what, at eight and a half in the cap set, 82. Um, so at that point, he's getting more than 10%. Uh, cap friendly does have like the projection, I think, going up to like 92 in just a couple of years. Uh, so up to like 85 next year, then 87, and then 92. So 10% of 92 is 9.2 million. And, um, you know, there's, there's numbers on here. Uh, David Krejci signing at 10.5% uh, of the cap at 7.25 for six years. That was back in 2015. Uh, Kevin Hayes, a 2019 uh, contract, 8.98% uh, of the cap at 7.14. Uh, I did actually start this whole experiment by looking at like a guy I thought very comparable to what we could hope for for Dylan Larkin, Ryan O'Reilly. I mean, definitely was not a guy who spent his whole career like chasing heart trophies, but certainly turned in a year that was wonderful. Um, and he signs his uh, seven-year deal with uh, Buffalo, taking a ten and a half percent cap hit uh, for seven point five. So he signed that at twenty-five. Things went pretty well for Ryan O'Reilly once he got out of Buffalo, who is the signing team. Uh, it's just. There's there there were, I don't know. There's some things knocking around in my head that um, it made it harder to justify the nine number. But it's also a number I'm not. If that becomes like the yes or no, I'm still giving Larks, I'm still giving Larks the nine. But I I after taking a look at this stuff and then like I mentioned before the Steven Stamkos stuff, I think I think you've really got to land around this Bo Horvat contract and you've got to hope at if if larks is at you know they set a number around nine right when we were talking two episodes ago and uh steve was around eight you know now horvat's got a contract you've got barzell of course we're talking two islander contracts um one a little above nine one at eight and a half maybe a win here is 8.75 i'm wondering but um either way that's where that's where i think statistically you've got to land at this point can you hear me yeah beautiful um yeah i mean a win is uh you know not setting the franchise back um a decade by letting him walk um and then trying to keep this thing you know under 10 which looks like it is going to be based on the, the smoke coming out from his his agent um what what financially what they're looking at you know in the eight to nine range um yeah, I you're you're still gonna be uh, like for me knowing how important this guy is leadership wise, um, you know community wise. 
defensively, offensively, faceoff wise, every every all three you know all three thirds of the ice. Um, I, I I I can't really. It's it's indefensible to let him walk because there is no replacement. I uh, unless you know Marco Casper becomes uh, you know this this unbelievable leader um, at the age nineteen. Um, this this would mean a lot of trouble for these Detroit Red Wings. Um, you 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 have to keep this guy. Um, I, I mean, we could. I'll say this. I'm I'm looking at these numbers again. Yeah. David Krejci signed at 28, 2015, six-year deal, took 10.5% of the cap. And again, cap-friendly kind of estimating like in a couple years we'll take a good jump to 92. 10.5% is 9.7. That's a smidge under 10. I mean, you got to think too, like these contracts have been increasing even though the salary cap has been pretty, I mean, it's been flat. Um but some of these conversations have got to include from the agent perspective. I'm going to sign long, but you guys know the cap's going up. So the second that cap increases past 92 million, whatever that goes into, let's say that would be year number four. No, one, two. Oh, yeah. Entering year number four of Dylan Larkin's contract. So you still got four, five, six, seven, eight. You're, you're now under that 10%, and it will continue to shrink as long as the league continues to grow like it did before COVID and the 15 years before that. So that's something people have to consider. You can tell yourself, you know, Iserman's got to get the win now to make this team make sense going forward. But I would throw out there to kind of take away my first 10 minutes of this episode and completely throw that in the garbage after doing this math. Again, 10.5% gets you at 9.7 million. And that's just a couple years down the line. And you're going to have guys at the top of the lineup, your top line center, where right now the market dic- is dictating that your centers are your most valuable thing. It's incredibly hard to find one in the draft. And it's incredibly hard to take one from another team. So when you've got one as good as Larkin, you got to hang on to him. And, um, yeah, that's that's my final bit. I'm, st- I'm going back to nine. God damn it. I, I strayed away from it, but I just convinced myself if we did a David Krejci similar contract, same deal. And we all love Boston. We all think they're run by a bunch of geniuses. So we'll we'll keep that. I'm keeping my nine, damn it. Screw can you I, guys. Uh, well, can ahead. I ask you, uh, as far as naming Boston guys, um, and uh, I know the NHL is trying to get a little bit better at uh, you know spilling tea. Yeah. So it was, you know, they tried to really push that narrative of, uh, you know, Larkin, you know, kind of getting stars in his eyes. You know, and he got to be at the All-Star game with uh, Mitch Marner and he's having a good time. Oh, he likes Mitch Marner. Oh, like Mitch going to Toronto. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, knowing that Dylan has not signed an extension yet, but by all indications, he's a, a, a fanatic of the Red Wings. He's an advocate for the Red Wings. Um, he believes in Iserman. Um, is there any way he's at these all-star games trying to recruit people to come to Detroit? And by that, I mean the pasta man. Oh, I, I think that ship has sailed. Boston is kicking so much ass right now. I would be. But why thrilled. would you want to stay in a winning program when you could come to one that's almost up and coming? 
Yeah, I there's too many there's too many like conversations going around nationally where it's like, yep, Pasta Man's gone. Sorry, everybody, it's done. He was playing hard to get. He'll probably end up being one of the top paid guys in the league after this uh, this go. I think uh, the Boston game of like, um, you know, keeping Marchand and I guess what is uh, well, we were just looking at Bergeron around like six eight. I'm uh, sorry, I don't know every team's uh, salary cap off the top of my head, but I think Pasta is going to absolutely blow up whatever you know, a little plan they had about keeping, well, like trying, trying the, like the Nicholas Lidstrom way of managing a team. Nobody gets paid more than Lidstrom. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, dumb. like with Krejci and Berger, um, you know, Bergeron, you know, those, those are, those are not young men. Uh, they're going to be 36, right. 37 and both their contracts are up. So I just didn't know if it was I, a strong likelihood of the pasta man wanting to usher in the next era of Boston Bruin hockey or if this was kind of like, you know, uh, Michael George, Chicago Bulls, you know, last dance before these guys all, Part for uh, greener pastures. I mean, I'm here for that conversation. I just, I hate that I'm hearing so much noise from the rest of the league. That's just, it's done. Pasta signing with Boston. But I mean, your question, you know, maybe it's not Pasta Man, but your question, like, is he campaigning? I think absolutely. Um, I think they've talked about that before. Like, these guys are calling each other. Um, and the and the guys who are free agents will actually call the likes of Dylan Larkin. You know, call the captain of the team. What's going on here? How do you feel? Are you sticking around? Um, and I think th that's probably where the most honest conversations come from. Uh, besides Moritz Sider, who uh, I don't know if you saw in the news today with Brad Galley completely buried Lucas Raymond and Dylan Larkin as uh, conversationalists. Which, uh, if we have time, we can go. We can go watch that video. Um, <laughs> So no, Mo, I think that's Mo might an important... be a little more trustworthy than Dylan, but no, it's just uh, that's that's the <laughs> that's the stuff that kind of gives me some some concern. Where if we don't have Dylan signed yet, you know, if their best player, the guy who you know touts this team, is is not signed yet, how are you going to recruit people to come to this team? You know what I mean? Right. Like upper echelon guys, because it, it kind of feels that's why that's another point to like kind of um, not. Don't lowball, you know, the guy who you want to put up as the face of the franchise um, because it, you want to make it seem like this is the place to be, um, not a place where we kind of nickel and dime you and just want yeah. you on the fringe making, you know, with hometown discounts and, you know, maybe three to five percent less than you could be getting somewhere else. Yeah, there's there's definitely a part of the conversation like you're bringing up that I think people do miss. And it's that it's that very piece of like winning this negotiation and sure we'd all love that money but winning this negotiation over larkin uh significantly which is where i think most people are landing uh is significantly winning that negotiation steve winning us having more money to spend elsewhere but you have just defined you know the culture of the team uh you know whether you want to say it's positive or negative i mean the next contract that comes in you know, your next biggest contracts, similar conversations are going to be Cider and Raymond. And then where, where does this go? Um, they know they're walking into a buzzsaw with Steve Iserman. How exciting. Um, so glad he's my GM. You know what I mean? I like, I, 
Does that like, help just for campaigning? Like, okay, yeah. just just for giggles. Like as far as a, a you know team with some sort of infrastructure where it felt like okay, Boston's gonna have a down year, um, and then you know their the whole team's just mega. I, I don't know if we want to necessarily say they're all super duper outperforming, but they're they're playing really well, right? Goaltending, defense, scoring. Um, I mean, what's to say that Larkin doesn't want to be part of that? And I mean, if this team, you know, like Boston's opening up, you know, a couple of cap slots, uh, what? Let me get the number for you. So I'm not guessing. I know they don't make a lot, you know, combined, uh, Patrice and, and Krejci, they're, they're what, like three and a half mil, but this team's going to have like $21 million open oh, yeah, pretty much yeah, have their whole, the they're going to have a goaltender. They're going to have their whole like top six defenders. And then they just have to, you know, fill out some, some, some forward spots if they splurged on Larkin, but it's uh, it's not completely outside the realm of possibility is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. If you want to talk about a guy who's trying to like, I'm, I'm the captain of the Bruins and I, I hope that pasta takes a discount for these Boston Bruin fans. And he took two and a half mil and he's still turning in a damn good season this year. At, what is he? 37 or 38 or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that one always, like, that's the reminder where you're like, oh, oh, right, that's why Boston <laughs> can't afford to put this team together. You've got your first-line center making $2.5 million. Um, Any hoozles? Where were we? Oh, we haven't looked at a single comment today, so I want to back up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, let's get a few of those in there. Um, I, I know we, we get so excited with uh, free agency, but, yeah. Well, yeah, I, it's just... All this stuff with Larkin, I feel like I, I've I just let out like two weeks of like reading Twitter and holding back on arguing with people who are just so adamant the best thing for this team is to underpay your captain, or or if they think pay him at what he is des most deserved of. That's yeah, fine. I don't understand it's the appeal just... of this uh, frugality. You you need to make this look <laughs> like a, a destination, you know? Yeah, I. It's, I don't. It's I don't know why you want to be. I don't. I don't know why you just want to be the Bob's from Office Space. Like we, we can't just keep nickel and. I'm good with people. I have people skills. And then we're just cutting everybody left and right. Like right. No, we we need to. We need to sign people, man. We need to feel like a destination. And we're not going to get it with our temperature. We're not going to get it with the Detroit Zoo. Because now you know you can go to the Toledo Zoo. I was just at Little Caesars Arena. Toledo Zoo ads all over. You know, so we need something. And it's going to have to be money. <laughs> um, so just getting off off topic of, of Larkin, yeah. the Wings did come back and play last night, and we lost 5-2. to two. Uh, We did a pretty good job handling uh, Connor McJesus. Uh, I have a couple of topics based off of Dan B's comment here from about a half hour ago. <laughs> Let's all pray Sorry, Dan. that uh, Connor McDavid is okay after that vicious in interference by Rasmussen last night. Two things, real quick, right off the bat. All-star game, always a dud. P.K. Subban interviewing uh, Connor McDavid before the game and asking him which nickname P.K. is supposed to call Connor McDavid for the rest of his for the rest of the season. Um, P.K. did not follow through with that on the next ESPN broadcast. Connor McDavid just openly picking McJesus. I think McDavid's boring as hell, but fuck yeah, McJesus a hundred percent. That guy knows how good he is, and he had no qualms about it. He's like, what's my new nickname? It's McJesus. Like, obviously, he didn't come up with that. It's been going around for a while, but good for Connor. 
for land. I like that he uh, kind of sold it like uh, uh, Pulp Fiction and uh, Mrs. Mia Wallace. Like, <laughs> just call me uh, Jesus. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> uh, part two of this uh, for Dan B. Bringing this up, Mike. Are we are we still allowed to complain about the referees as Red Wings fans? Like, one of the big Red Wings accounts, I think it's like Red Wings diehard said. Um, you know, we have to get, there's bad officiating across every sport. You can't just lean on that. But I mean, this last night seemed to be particularly atrocious and I leaned on the bad officiating. Um, but am I, I don't know, in your opinion, where do you land on that? I, I, should I give my opinion? Do you want to jump in there first? I think it's easier to complain about the officiating uh, when you're a good team. And we're not very good. Uh, so I feel like like scratching and clawing at that excuse, I mean, there's going to be usually bad calls on either side where uh, I'll kind of, you know, you'll kind of make like a cringy face. Like, oh, can't believe we got away with that one. <laughs> oh, you know, little uh, elbow to the to the right, to the mush, you know, kind of thing. So was the, was the Rasmussen call kind of rough? Yeah, it was, it was a little rough. Uh, you know, kind of hard to defend, but uh, I, I just, I, I'm not ready to focus on that. I, 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 I wish we would worry more about the team construct than the refereeing. Yeah, I guess my to my point is we want to feel like these games matter, and it's like then I'm telling then the conversation is. Yeah, but I could get mad about the officiating, but I'm actually wasting my time watching these games because this team wasn't going to win. That That's a hard pill to swallow. That's a big one. So I, I, I feel like I'm trying to stay away from that. But to Ken's point here, uh, I guess I'm answering him. What a shame that we talk more about salary than we do about the game. And it is a shame. Maybe Ken agrees with us that we should talk more about salary. Uh, he's not necessarily saying that's a negative part of this it's more the reality but of course that's where we live so that's kind of the two schools of thought we're talking about with this yeah i kind of want him to expand on that does he mean he'd rather talk about the actual like game by game red wings than salary or that we talk more about fitting you know larkin into our salary than about you know how he's playing so yeah i would kind of want him to unpack that a little bit um i i, th I think he's talking about uh it's too bad we don't we're not talking about Red Wings hockey games instead of just building a, a future. Well, but Ken, course, isn't that yeah? If that's if that's it, I mean, I, I wish this team <laughs> gave us a little some a little more meat to chew on game wise, but it just feels like they're you know yeah. such a, a five five hundred average team, you know, average or below average. I don't think he's saying he wishes <sighs> we'd talk about that five to two loss. I think he's just saying like, man, this sucks. Um. But yeah, when yeah. you look at this roster and all the look at looking at cap friendly, we've got all these red and blue rectangles for every player here, and how much turnover we're gonna go through, uh, you know, over the next few seasons. And I think later on in the comments here, somebody makes mention that Cop uh, is is gonna end up being like he he has our longest contract uh, according to cap friendly, or and it's gonna to feel friendly. really That's long our reality. too. Yeah. Um, so everybody else is either getting like our next conversations about everybody else here are going to be about their next contracts. Are they sticking around? So it's just ongoing. Who is a big waste? Feel like uh, uh, Mike? Do you feel like the Robbie Fabry fund of him returning is already dissipated? 
That was a rough game last you know, night. You know, no, the honeymoon is not over yet, Matt. <laughs> okay. um, he's still he's still right in the right in the fracas. You know, uh, I, I think I just made up a word. Uh, but he's he's uh, he's right in the play. You know, right or wrong, there he is. You know, he might be out there for a goal or a turnover, but by God, he's out there. Look at him go. <laughs> um. I mean, yeah, and I, Andrew Cop, who has, who will be our long, who has our longest contract right now. I don't know, longest active contract. At least we we did get Tuzi on the score sheet, right? Tuzi was on the score sheet along and, with the uh, turnovers. The well, the other thing that stinks is um, we kind of touched on it in the uh, the old pregame. Um, I mean, we still have a very large uh, couple of contracts, uh, very expensive contracts um, out in Beer City. Looking at you, Verona. Uh, you know, at five mil. Uh, looking at you, Nadalkovich, there at three mil. Um, and you know, usually pay these guys because you're expecting some sort of performance. So, you know, Fabry probably could have had a better game. Yeah. Um, I, I just, his role is for me, he should be on the fourth line, you know, third or fourth line. And he's, again, he's still, this team is still doing <laughs> what we don't want them to do, putting. Putting guys, you know, above uh, their like like their their skill, um, and until we kind of flesh out a top six, I mean, you're going to have games like this against the super skilled teams. So Jim Johnson, where you, you get out there you get blown out, you get blown out, and everybody <laughs> looks like they don't belong on the ice. And then, uh, yeah, Jim Johnson saying, if Verona is no longer a wing, try and trade him rather than a buyout. I I don't think we can trade him. I mean, we gave him away for free, and nobody wanted to do that. So you, I think a trade would end up being, you know, some other guy on a, you know, big money contract that's either wildly underperforming or just not performing. I mean, he's performing a lot better in uh, Grand Rapids the last few games. What I think he had absolutely. Yeah, he like had uh, five goals and. Yeah, that one's just. I think we're just going to have to buckle in and be patient. Yeah. I think uh, what Jim's referring to, too, is there's somebody online who's actually, he does, like, Leafs coverage and with no real reference uh, threw out there that Verona would would not return to the NHL as a Detroit Red Wing. Um, So I think that might be what Jim is referring to uh, when he points that out. Uh, I would just, again, say that guy doesn't really have a reference from that. He's not an insider with oh it's like an like an unsourced uh (laughs) thank you not referenced uh no source and um i i would just say i'd remind everybody of that but also i mean when you look at it from my perspective um they had a roster space for them they certainly have the cap room for verona so zadina got the call up zadina didn't even go right into the roster uh you know right into the starting lineup so verona I don't know. That speaks volumes to me, right? It'd be one thing if Sedina got called up and he goes right onto the roster, but he has to wait for someone to get hurt to get a spot. And even in practice today, Lalone was like, mm, I'm not saying Sedina's got a spot on the lineup. What are you guys talking about? So it's rough. It looks rough for Verona right now. Um, I, I You have to believe anybody on this roster is being shopped right now uh, besides Cider and Raymond. Probably. Yeah, I mean, um, let's just put cider on that list. I, I, I'm, I'm sure Steve would take any phone call right now. 
Yeah, I, uh, you know, we've definitely seen Steve play the long game. Uh, you know, Dylan Larkin can definitely attest to that. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, in more ways than one, um, not just with this contract situation, but also like, you know, calling him a captain. Um, and, uh, you know, poor Bear Grin, um, you know, the dancing bear himself, um, getting a cameo and then getting sent back down. So as far as this, this proving ground that I think a lot of us, you know, sometimes find ourselves puzzled uh, by what you have to do to, you know, get a call up um, without even looking at the stats. I can almost guarantee Verano with this little barrage of Grand Rapids goals has more points than Zadina already. I can almost guarantee it without looking it up. Um, but I feel like they're, I guess, waiting for him emotionally to, you know, be ready to, you know, travel with the team, something like that. Um and maybe they want to feel like they can give him every single day, you know, um, 15, 15 minutes of ice time where, you know, Zadina, they're going to be comfortable saying, hey, you're just going to play every other game, maybe like 10 minutes on the fourth line. So maybe they're waiting to see him be productive and sustained, you know, uh, longer time on ice stats in Grand Rapids. Uh, I got a shout out, uh, Irvine, who was thrown out there that comment to remember that cop was now the longest signed Red Wing. Um, that was 20 minutes ago, which means we're more than a half hour into this, which means we're well beyond an ad break. So we're going to reset here. We've kind of been all over the place. Let's see if we can land on a, like a real topic when we get back. <laughs> I'll, I'll look through the comments guys. Uh, check it out. We're, we're sponsored by a new thing again. So this is going to be a long ad break. So we'll see you guys in a couple minutes. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You could feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. NFC, AFC Championship games, guys. I know they're can't miss for me. You want to add a little more juice this weekend. You know what to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. This time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes. I think we've all gone through either that uh, commitment or uh, we've given up. Most of the time, it's pretty unrealistic for that reason. Uh, for myself, I've been trying to lose weight that comes along with uh, doing some exercise but it's just so goddamn cold uh so what i've decided to do is get into some audiobooks instead really and uh, here, uh it's a lot easier to do and if i want that crisp clean audio i found the way to do it uh the smallest changes in your routine can make the biggest impacts so you guys listen up in the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be a part of a big change if it's something to use every day. So when I'm making those small changes and reading books, or I'm sorry, doing audiobooks, wink, wink, nod, nod, I like my Raycons. 
Raycon is a premium audio that's perfect price point so you could build great habits without breaking the bank. Gross. I just pulled in a huge booger, but that's because uh, I'm just so happy and satisfied with life right now because I've been making those small changes by having those audiobooks get me through the day. And I do it with my Raycons. Uh, whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycons got you covered. Yep, Raycons start at half the price of the premium audio brands. So you don't have to uh, choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. I actually have the speaker myself. I have the earbuds speaker. Super fun. If I'm listening uh, to a movie or something during uh, work or just in my free time, connect the speaker anywhere. Earbuds, like I said, out and about. I'm ready to go. I like uh, you got your customizable sound profiles, the earbud tap functions. That's pretty nice, actually, to just get that volume going, especially if you're just laying in bed, listening to a podcast or a book. Just tap away. Left ear, right ear, gets you going. And, of course, the crystal clear call quality is fantastic while you're in the middle of those audiobooks or those podcasts. Comes right through. Water and sweat resistant. Hey, for all my sweaty boys out there, we got you. Ready to buy something small with big impact? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN. All right. Uh, we are back. I had Mike muted because, like, he he jumped in and was just like, "Yeah, there's no ad," and I I was thinking like, "Yeah, there is. I totally hear it." So I I don't know what happened with Mike, but um, oh, he's he hates it when I break the fourth wall. Oh, nobody likes how the sausage is made. Uh, we just <laughs> like the sausage. Everybody um, likes the sausage. Seeing it go through that little tube and you pull out the intestine-looking thing. Uh, it is an intestine, actually. Um, fun fact. Not always. Always. No. When you request it. <laughs> um, for fun, uh, just for funsies. He's only played two games, uh, Zadina, because of boo-boos. Um, you know, nothing. Uh, one goal. And, uh, you know, uh, my, my, my boy, he's putting up, uh, he's got nine points now in 15 games. So, you know. Verona. So I was right without looking it up that Sadina didn't do anything, but just saying. Didn't he get one goal in, in did you say he played two games in Grand Rapids? Because I thought it was one goal in his first game and then he got called back. Yeah, he, he only played two yeah. games. Um, yeah. That's fine. That's, That's great. Coming off he's, an injury? He's awesome. Alone. Yeah. First My line point... with, with Larkin. My point wasn't that I wasn't trying to make the argument that Verana should get called up before Zadina. And he should get the A. My point. Alternate was that captain Zadina. G. Oh my fucking god! I'm gonna mute here. I'm gonna mute you. My point was that <laughs> they called up Zadina. No question. Oh no! You can unmute yourself. God damn it! They called up Zadina. No question. Like right away. <laughs> And they didn't even put him in the lineup. So my point was just how far away are we from seeing Verana? Of course, I would rather see Verana than Zadina in this lineup. I, 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 I think it's real cute. Everybody's online. Like, I'm not giving up on Zadina. Okay, 
fine, don't. I think there's more value in Verana than Zadina right now. Put Verana in there. Uh, what what did Jim say? Uh, Verana could certainly help our power play. Yeah, all those hitting the posts. Yeah, you know a guy that just whips it at the net and it finds its way no matter what's going on. I mean, we even saw like one of Verana's goals was one of those crazy ones where the goalie lost control of it and Verana was able to put it in the back of the net. This guy just is a magnet for pucks and whatever's going on, the magic on his stick, it, it's always going to hit the back of the net. And uh, you know what? That wasn't even just last night. It feels like every every night we're doing three or four should not even be close sort of posts. How about, uh, was that post last night? Was that Fabry after I, I was already calling out like I thought he had a terrible game? Was he the one that missed that one right out? They call him, uh, you know, of the Avengers. He's the Iron Man because he's always hitting the posts. Bang! <laughs> I just. No? Too uh, soon? Okay. No, I'm just. You're uh, not ready just, to forgive him? I'm just frustrated with, with some of the decisions. I I, I don't know. Um, I did find uh, things that the longer we go without hearing what the plan is, which I get it, we're not owed that, but the longer we start to question what the hell's going on and we keep seeing Verona score in Grand Rapids and him not get called up, um, I don't know. I was, I'm still not thrilled with like what happened over the off season. I just... At some point, we're going to keep not getting answers. And, I mean, by the looks of things, the record's pretty similar to what it was last year. Team's better. We're supposed we're supposed to have a better coach right now. It's just frustrating as fuck. Like, what are you supposed to think as a Red Wings fan? Besides, um, God, just telling yourself, like, ah, it's Steve Eiserman. Give him more time. It's like, okay, more time. Here you go. Let me keep spending every night watching Red Wings games. It's exhausting. You know, like we I, I don't know. I, I want something. I'm getting I'm getting frustrated. We we got frustrated last season too, Mike, with who was getting called up and who wasn't. And yeah. um You know what? Like the Verona thing bothers me. Like that wasn't my point earlier, but yeah, for, for sure, I would much rather have Verona up than than Zadina. And we all know that, like Jim said, it, that could help our power play. There, there's yeah, issues with this team that gets solved with a guy like Verona. And I mean, uh, just a few comments coming into Dan B thrown in there. Verona won't ever play in Detroit again. Accept it and move on. Uh, Jim Johnson throwing in. We have no idea what is going on behind the scenes with Verona Wings management. Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm I'm not I'm not as broken emotionally. I I I still think that he's going to come back to Detroit. Um, I mean, I I I think it's all about what kind of role they want him to have. Again, I mean, I mean, Sedina, they're going to be asking him to be on the fourth line. You know, play like uh, God. I said double digit minutes. My God, he could be playing eight to ten minutes just to give people a you know a blow on the on the bench. Um. Where Verona, they're going to have an, an actual job for him to do. Like, dude, we need you on the power play. You know, we're going to need you on special teams. And then we're going to need you on five on five play because you're one of those few special electric talents uh, that we don't have a lot of um, on this earth. Um, so there's not a lot of people with that kind of whip on their shot. 
So please, you know, just get yourself figured out, uh, get comfortable. Um, and I feel like to an extent, it's not, maybe not even, because it's going to come from two parties, right? Where, you know, Zadina, they're going to be like, Zadina, are you healthy enough? Yeah. All right. Can you play eight to 10 minutes? So roll his eyes. Yes, of course. <laughs> but Verana, you know, I feel like they're going to be like, hey, looks like some goals are going in. You're starting to feel like you're, you know, you're ready to come back a little bit. And, um, you know, as far as we know, this isn't really like a, a physical ailment that held him back. It was, you know, something tougher to talk about and describe. So maybe he's just not sent up because he's not comfortable with it yet. Maybe he still wants to hit that one threshold where he feels like, okay, now I feel like I'm ready to handle myself in the league. So I'm not, I'm not quite as crestfallen. I'm not, I don't think it's quite as bleak as giving up on the guy. Um, I think maybe he just needs to feel ready, you know? And um, if that takes a couple more weeks, I, I still think that that's, something that could feasibly be in the Red Wings future. So I'm I'm not I'm not giving up hope. Um I think it might have a little bit to do with his input. Maybe he just needs a little more time. All right, I did see a call out. Um Tristan oh, says boy. To take a look at his uh his comments here. All right. Uh-oh, a Tristan trade proposal. Choo choo choo. Sauce this sucker up here too. Tyler Bertizzi card from Jay Fresh. Um Look at that! Look at that number plummet. Still, still an eighty-one percent projected WAR, and of course, his, his tidy poo-poo numbers are just over a couple of games. So that's how he's still eighty-one percent uh, projected WAR. Of course, Tyler Bertuzzi is who we're talking about. Tristan said to Tyler over to Dallas, retained fifty percent of the salary. Oh man, I have so much snot in the back of my throat. Gary Onoff and a two thousand twenty-four first-round pick. Tristan throws out there. I think it's reasonable, especially considering what Hagel got last year. Oh, wait. Uh, that wasn't what I wanted to pull up. I encourage everyone to go watch Garyanov highlights. Guy could easily hit 40 goals, especially since he has a spot on the power play. Opposite circle of Ovi with a deadly one-timer. Okay. I was going to pull up this Bo Horvat trade. And ask everybody like I was gonna I was gonna use it in two different ways, but I think we could all agree like if this was the return we got for Dylan Larkin, I think we'd all be kind of sad. Uh, but I was gonna put out there like what could we do to like get this kind of return for Tyler Bertuzzi? But I think that's where what Tristan's coming up with here is uh, a first round pick and a Giriadoff that could add adds adds potential back into this lineup. Not anything that's a sure thing. Um, by any means, but uh, that's your, that's your Atu Ratu, right? I think I think a little a little extra potential in there for Tyler, who um, you know, for all intents and purposes, I just I watch him in that interview last night uh, for ESPN. I, I just don't I just I, I listen to his voice. I don't I don't hear a guy that's excited to be around the Red Wings anymore. And that might be something where he knows his time is a coming. And um, I don't. ESPN seemed to think he was out the door, so I, I don't hate this. I think I saw another trade out there too, but I want to pull up the Bertuzzi uh, player card again. Um, oh, Jim was just thrown out there. Let's send Bert and Zadina together in a package trade. Um, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm ready to let go of of Bertuzzi. I, I don't know the turnover machine. Uh, could be because of um, 
know, he's just he's not able to get into a good rhythm. He's been injured all season. Um, injuries have plagued him a bit over the career. Um, By the way, to uh, kind of um, volley against um, that sentiment, uh, Craig McDonald coming in hot, saying you guys need to take a chill pill. Uh, they are on track for preseason expectations with all the injuries. They are still playing competitive hockey. Um, so I think Craig kind of also taking the wait and see approach. Um, you know, it's, we, we talked about it, you know, those few glimmers where we actually had everybody on the ice and it seemed like, Hey, this team's almost got like three or four scoring lines. You know, when we had the Redwoods and, uh, you know, we still had Verana. Uh, those were really sexy times, Craig. Um, it's just, uh, it's getting harder and harder to, um, you know, uh, this is not the first time that, you know, we've, we've had Verona and had to, you know, wait a long time to actually see him play. And the same thing with Bertuzzi. Um, so it's, it's a little bit like, uh, you know, if you want this to continue to be part of your future, um, there's always that potential of, man, if these guys were healthy and then the reality is, uh, is that, is that possible? Are their bodies going to cooperate with them? And so far we just don't have, we don't have the evidence yet. Yeah. I think, I think it's one of those things too. Like if I could come back to listening to Tyler Bertuzzi talk, I, I, I kind of just see a guy that's, that's headed out the door <laughs> and I, I can't imagine us getting, I, I saw some comments earlier. I think Chewy was throwing out there five mil, like even to that end, I, I I see Tyler as as an opportunity to to upgrade and, and at some point um, I don't know I think we've been saying it for a little bit here we kind of pulled back because I hate getting the comments uh, on on the YouTube videos about how Tyler's going to be the difference maker when we make it to the playoffs um, Gosh he just he never he's a part of the current core sure. He just never was a part of my long-term core for this team and that core that would have been, you know, been taking us to the Stanley Cup Finals. So <laughs> I'm trading him away because it makes sense age-wise for me if anybody wanted him. The only thing is at this point, with him being injured all year, I don't know if what ESPN did last night to kind of <laughs> get everybody all juiced up for Tyler Bertuzzi and talking about what a... I don't know what what did Shelly say? Say his, his, he's greasy on the ice. <laughs> yeah, um, I missed that comment. Yeah, um, I, I thought for sure that you know Tyler uh, looked looked a little greasy during that interview, but um, I don't know. Well, I think the other thing too to keep in mind with um, I I love off season stuff. I love free agency. I love trade proposals. The only thing is, it feels like the Red Wings are going to lose all of these trades. Um, because a lot of these guys you're going to have to, you know, sell low because Bertuzzi is underperforming and he's hurt. You know, Verona has been underperforming and he's hurt. Zadina has been underperforming and hurt. Um, you know, if you want to throw in Nadelkovich magically, also underperforming um, and also was hurt. So, I, I, you know, bundling more I guys. On the underperforming. I mean, didn't perform. How about that? Okay. Um, that's, that's, what's really going to be tough is, uh, you're going to have to lose some of these trades. I feel like, um, 
it's going to be really tough to sell it to another team to, hey, how about you give me two firsts or, you know, give me an actual real prospect for a guy who, you know, you're renting, you know, in this case, maybe, you know, with Bertuzzi. And he's not really any production to speak of. So you're just crossing your fingers that, hey, he's going to be, you know, 27, 28, 29 coming up. So, you know, maybe I can, I can, I can strike oil with this guy and he stays, stays on the ice. It's, uh, it's going to be a tough sell for, uh, Iserman, the negotiator. Uh, Dad be thrown out there. The season hasn't gone to plan, but removing 50 goals from the lineup, Veron and Bertuzzi, what can you expect? Um, over the All-Star break, Bertuzzi stayed in Detroit, skated every day. Guy's a character guy. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of character out in the NHL um, for that type of player. I um, I don't know. There were some choices. God, I'm going to get in trouble. That could have made Tyler more of a team player that he didn't make. So <laughs> I, I just... There's things we've seen from the Burt man, um, and the contract's going to be tough. If it's affordable, I'm not turning away from the man, but I am most certainly answering those phone calls when you get the text two minutes before that says, I got a, I got a hot doozy deal for you. Yeah. I do want to jump on one comment from, um, from Jim Johnson saying, Burt, if signed by wings, will be a two to three year deal. No more than that. Um, Jim, I gotta say that in 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 some universe, that's like Iserman's dream. Is that his guys just underperform enough that he can say, "Listen, how about we give you a couple of years, you know, to prove it," and then he never has to actually like cash in and give him the big eight year mortgage deals. Um, so it's yeah that I I don't know if I would even hate that um, if we signed Bird for like two years you know, maybe what, three or four mil to let him figure it out. And please, please figure out how to do a contract season and be healthy uh, when you're trying to earn a big long-term contract um, instead of doing what you're doing this season and making it tough for everybody, uh, management, yourself, and your agent. Yeah, I was trying to pull up uh, the highlight, too, from last night, but I, I've decided it's not fair. I was going to call out... Um, Two tremendous plays kind of led to that goal for Bertuzzi. And I just, you know, we've been talking the last couple of seasons now how that top line, you know, if we if we get a fully healthy lineup, the top line performs pretty well. But I, I, I don't know if it's been, like, who do we who do we pin in there as the guy who absolutely needs to stick around? I guess it would be cool to say you have a top line guy like Bertuzzi who is making five mil or less. Um, that's fun. That gives you a lot of opportunity to pay guys later, but, uh, I don't know. That also says a lot about what he's been able to do production wise. <laughs> and, um, Hey, when that shooting percentage is at 50%, like it was at the start of uh, last season. Yeah. He looks like he's unstoppable, but when he comes back down to earth, <sighs> I don't know. It's just like he can carry a full game, no problem. We saw it like a couple of times with him uh, last year in against person. the Lightning, putting in like four goals, right? Yeah, four in goals person. or a hat trick against the Lightning. Um, uh, he had, yeah, four goals. Yeah. But, you know, it's just a little bit. You know, you know what I mean? Like it's not, um, 
Well, that's what you know. That's it's, it's that's what not... the problem is here. This is all potential. We just haven't seen it completely regularly, uh, you know, uh, occur every single game. The consistency is the problem, and that's yeah. that's why it's so tough for you know Eiserman's job managing this uh, this this cap. Yeah, I just like uh, ZW points out here that Bert's a junkyard dog. I just, I don't look up and down this roster think, and think, man, I, this, I, this guy's really soft. I, I think it's funny too that a lot of people call out the Red Wings need more grit. I think what happens is that they just play the puck so goddamn hard on all four lines that these other teams put us in these situations where we're young and we make dumb mistakes. But you know, can I, I ask mean, something about Lucas that Raymond, when we're talking about guys being tough? When well, uh, I, I was, I was, I just wanted to throw out there, like even tiny little Lucas Raymond, like goes into the boards and wins puck battles all the time. Like it's, I think it's, it's a culture right now for the Detroit Red Wings that you have, you have eighteen guys that are junkyard dogs. Uh, some of them suck at at it, like jo Jordan Osterley, uh, who's just throwing the puck willy nilly to Connor McDavid last night, no problem. Uh, but you know that's just because we don't we don't have the talent there. But they they're at least building a culture of uh, junkyard dogs. I uh, no, all I wanted to say was the um, we were so excited for this lineup, and Lalone started. Uh, you know, he kind of made the play a little bit more up and down, but then defensively, he started really pushing the. Uh, hey, let's all block as many shots as we can, and then a third of the lineup was out with uh, injured wrists and. Um, you know, shin bones and taking pucks off their bodies. Um, and then our defense started to slip a little bit because I was like, hey, let's uh, ease the brakes. Um, let's maybe snap, you know, stop letting the puck uh, take our players out for four to six weeks. Um, so do you think that evolution from Lalone has kind of led to, um, you know, he's kind of figuring it out on the fly uh, as far as putting his, his players, you know, right in front of live bullets. Um, how that's literally <laughs> impacted our uh, our win loss record, and it's impacted guys trying to get contracts. Um, do you think that he has some blame in this? I don't want to call it blame. Um, it but... works for a game when they were still healthy enough to take the live bullets, but then when they were all on the injured list, um, that's when it's getting a little dicey. I mean, it's a it's a culture and mentality that you know got the lightning a couple of pucks along with world-class talent in the top six um so yeah you got to start building that culture that style at some point and yeah, build it when you've got guys who can't take those bullets um <laughs> i did like uh tristan threw out there uh after dan b said bert's probably at a second round right now second round pick uh for for return um bert st still has higher value according to tristan um and i like the point of what <laughs> Ben Chirot fetched last year from the Florida Panthers, and you wonder if they're second-guessing themselves at all after uh, last year they probably had one of the best lineups we've seen for four forward lines in so many years, and uh, so it's going so great this year. Um, but to Tristan's point, yeah, GMs make really dumb mistakes at the trade deadline. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's say that he is valued um you know at a first round pick but not by like regular people i don't even think the nhl video game would take a first rounder for charat and be like hell no that's that's terrible <laughs> well, value 
I would I would come back to Toronto's got a first round pick to throw around, and they absolutely have to use it because I think Kyle Dubas's contract is up. Um, that's the kind of move that Toronto has to make, like to get uh, you know. Like I said, I, I have no problem with what ZW said that uh, Tyler's a junkyard dog. I was just saying, like, yes. And we also have another 17 other guys who could get that um, title, whatever. Uh, maybe not, I don't know. There's a couple of guys. I think Kubelik does a good job of using that little bit of exercise. Rasmussen, definitely. Cop has, has definitely started to turn into a junkyard dog, even though he turned in a sub 40% expected goals, 4 percentage last night. Um, Damn it. I know. I'm telling you, the numbers aren't there. All right. Anyway, 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 anyway. If Toronto makes that move for Tyler Bertuzzi, that is not only going to be a pretty good move for Toronto. I thought you were going to say it was the most Toronto move ever. I don't hate it. I don't hate Tyler Bertuzzi. I, my argument it's all, for it's all hope him, and wishes with no payoff. <laughs> my argument for getting rid of him, I can't say this enough. It's just like that interview last night on ESPN. Either he just can't stand talk, talking to Messier and Chelly, or he's just tapped out. Um, maybe it's just on this season, and I'm completely misjudging, but that definitely feels like a contract uh, negotiation that... Uh, I don't know. Like, Isn't there a reason that we're only talking about Dylan Larkin? You know, or most of the time we're talking about Dylan Larkin. But anyway, let me finish my goddamn point. If Toronto makes that move to trade for Bertuzzi, I like that you had to cut yourself good... off from your own point. I yeah. saw. Stop. <laughs> um, I keep explaining myself because of your faces. So I'm 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 spinning my own web as we speak because you're giving. I thought me you're gonna say you're spinning your tires in your own mud hole. Uh, but go <laughs> yeah, ahead. That's probably go ahead and stop yourself dry, Stone Cold. Yeah. Um. Fuck. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, right. Goddamn. I'm finally going to get it out. Uh, it'd be go. a hell of a PR move for Toronto too, because all their fans have been begging for Tyler Bertuzzi for the last two years. So I think, I, I think you killed two birds there with a, a Tyler Bertuzzi to Toronto trade. I think that legit does help Toronto, even though they, you know, I don't know. I shouldn't say they need defense because they never score in the playoffs. So yeah, give them, give them a, Give him a player who's been learning under Lalone, at least attending practices, maybe not playing so many games this year, and uh, has shown in the past, yeah, even without Lalone being the coach who's changing this culture, has been that ZW junkyard dog. But I again, mean, you get to make all yeah. those Toronto fans super happy. I mean, I, what Toronto needs is David Perron. They they don't need, you know, Bertuzzi. <laughs> They don't need, you know, razzle dazzle and promise. They need a guy who's a grown up professional. Um, you know, and he's gonna push his teammates to be better. But I digress. Um, um I, I wouldn't say both of those work. I wouldn't say one like you're living in the black and white world, Mike. Come in the gray with me. They they could both go to Toronto and we can take a few extra picks. Um <laughs> few more comments here too jim johnson thrown in burt's career will be short with the um injuries basically his style of play um kind of leads to to more of those it it certainly feels that way jim um man do we it's so many empty promises with this team with guys that we really wanted to pan out and they just haven't done it yet um, um we're we're at an hour but i did have a, a rather interesting Oh yeah, we'll we'll throw that in there. We can close up shop. We're 
we're just we just kind of had withdrawals because we had you know we were under the weather yeah. last week and uh so yeah right. we'll uh we'll get this in there i mean this is this was my last uh i wanted to pull up uh prashant Iyer's uh twitter account because he he shared some fun stuff <laughs> earlier today okay. um and then I just wanted to throw this into the trade conversation. So some folks might already know what I'm talking about. Um, top five defensemen and expected goals above replacement per 60. Minimum 500 minutes played. Number one, Adam Fox, who's leading the way. Oh, it's not up. Number one, <laughs> leading the way in like mid-season voting and all the fake votes for the Norris. Number two. Mr. Jake Wallman. Of course, number three, Eric Carlson, who's also at the top of those Norris votes. Uh, Nick Sealer from Philly. Eh. And uh, Jared Spurgeon from Minnesota. So at least uh, we have the proof that this stat means something with uh, Carlson and Adam Fox at the top there. Thank uh, God. I hate when these pull out these stats and it's like six other Wallmans. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm glad there's some uh, legit I superstars up there. When you say six other Wallmans, though, Jake has absolutely destroyed the analytics test and the eyeball test. We're not talking about this magical career season. I mean, like, where did Jake Wallman come from? Like, you, you don't want to be that stat. So being up there with Fox and Carlson, we're, we're good. We're good. Um, do you hang on to Jake Wallman, or do you probably get the best trade you're going to get out of Jake Wallman? Woo! Um... See, you know, who uh, bring up our comments again because somebody made me think about, I want to answer your question. I think it was Tristan saying that uh, Bertuzzi would still fetch a first-rounder. I think he's absolutely right about that. Some dumb team would still give up multiple firsts for Bertuzzi. But for multiple? some reason, I bet... No. All right, we'll say, can you concede first and maybe another, like, a second? Doesn't matter. The point is, Wallman having this magical prove-it season... Would still probably only only fetch like a third rounder somehow. No. Well, you only did it once. There's something. There's know. something about him. Something about his name. There's no Z's in it. Um, they'll probably think he's hit a wall, man. Like statistically, like that's as good as it gets. I could see a scenario where he doesn't fetch as much as Bertuzzi. I guess it depends on the market. So I, I don't really know how many defensemen are going to be available. Um, I guess none of us do. Uh, but, I mean, if it comes down to it and these teams can see that he's having success as a first-pair defenseman with Mort Sider, and it's not just the Mort Sider effect because... We saw Sherratt. Ben Sherratt ruined that. So it's it's not just as, as simple as that. But Wallman clearly is taking advantage of that time he's playing with Sider, uh, putting some... Oh, amazing looking shots on net that play that they set up for Wallman where he gets it from the uh, point and comes in with that shot that rips it between the circles um, just looks beautiful. And the guy has pulled it off so many times so far this season. I just <coughs> could be something. I guess it depends on how far away you think we are from winning. If it feels like Larkin's not going to sign and you've really got to hit the reset button here, then yeah. You got to trade away Larkin. You got to trade away Tuzi. Like if Larkin went into a meeting with Iserman, he's like, you know what? I'm done. I'm just not doing this. Then yeah, you trade away all these guys. But <clears throat> you know you're bringing Larkin back. 
Like if in the back of Eiserman's mind he's like, I'm just fucking around with him. I'm gonna give him that. Contract. Is this then you sign Jake too? But go ahead. No, um, as far as like uh, you know trade scenarios and dealing him would be dealing from a position of strength, right? Because in the wings you've still got Edvinson, who's a left defenseman. Um, what Sabrengo, Vero, uh, Johansson. Um, I know there's still some. Uh, Jared McKissick uh, fetishists out there looking at you, Tristan. So I mean, you'd be you'd be dealing from a position of strength. So I mean, if you if you can get a first and a prospect, woo! I, I think you might have to jump all over that. And Jim Johnson, uh, right on pa- right on the same page, my man, saying uh, Edmondson will be up next year for sure and be paired in the top four. And it's not like you know we we couldn't use depth, but my God, if we have extra lefty uh, left side defensemen. Maybe trade Wallman while he's hot. Um, it's worth taking a look at like the Scott Wheeler and Corey Pronman um, rankings right now because I think they are painting a more accurate picture where the uh, Sabrangos, McIsaacs are not necessarily like they still rank these guys like one to fifteen, but they're like this guy's gonna be pretty good in Grand Rapids for the rest of his career. Oh. Um, <clears throat> so I think I think you're looking at. Albert Johansson and uh, Edmondson for sure. Edmondson for sure getting his for real shot next season. He's he's in the lineup. He's in the top four, just like uh, Jim throws out there. <coughs> Albert's going to have a chance to win a role. I think we know, like, looking at this lineup from top to bottom, there's no doubt in my mind that he's an upgrade over what we're throwing out there right now. Um but that still leaves a left side defenseman. And um, I just, you know, we talked about losing a lot of these trades because these guys haven't been on the ice to prove their worth. And uh, Wallman, I think he could actually win that trade. UFA is only, he's only had one super duper magical season. And uh, I think this might be a guy you have to cash in on. Well, it's just like, that comes back to that conversation. Do you think, do you think we're a couple moves away next season? Can we make enough moves? Are we bringing up enough guys? Is Cider and Raymond taking that big step forward? We have a we have a glut. We have a glut of mediocrity. We need superstars. So you are trading away Jake Wallman. I'm signing him. That was my thing. I don't know if I officially made. That I think we could get a, a pretty sexy return for that. For that guy, Gary uh, throws out too. Don't forget about William Follander, who's probably Gary. Hell of a thumbnail photo, man. Yeah, nice. Uh, two two seasons, I think. Not this upcoming season. You know what? Upcoming season probably has has a shot. He'll probably be in North America coming over from Rogel. Um, but for sure, in two seasons, I think that's where. Yeah, that's where you see Wallander landing another left side defenseman. Um. Yeah, I think if we were talking about a right side defenseman, so it seemed to be tough to find. I think Wallman has a like that contract has already been signed. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It's just uh, I, I'm going to land in the spot where I'm frustrated this season. <sighs> I think there's some opportunity to upgrade this team, and I do trust the pool of prospects <laughs> to help upgrade this team. So. 
quick follow up while it's still fresh in our minds. I'm Gary sure saying, "Yeah, that that photo was forty three years ago." <laughs> that was nice, a sharp Gary. look, man. Yeah, I like it. Welcome. Um, Gary's been on. Uh, he's been on before. He's been in the chat. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think it's time we wrap up because I keep saying I don't know. I'm getting sad and. We're inching trading, closer to that trade deadline. Wallman? Are you trading Wallman? Uh, is that what you're saying? I, I would just because we do have more left defensemen coming up. Um, and uh, we got to win one of these trades. And he's coming in hot in a contract season. These are the guys you're supposed to move if you're not a real <laughs> playoff cup contender. You know what? To your point, if you if we find out. It's, oh, and Dan B. We'll see you, bud. Um, if we find out that it's like third round picks, I'm absolutely not trading him. I'll say that. I'm hanging up. All right. You can. Oh, my God. You're going to trade. All right. That's fine. I, I'm just saying that, that's what I was saying earlier, that, you know, these these GMs would look at, you know, Bertuzzi's name and be like, oh, yeah, first and second and a prospect. And look at Wallman. Ugh. And then just, you know, do like a third rounder. I, I don't agree, but we will agree to disagree and we'll sail off into the sunset. Guys, thanks for coming along. Hit that like button. Uh, subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts. You know all that fun stuff. And, of course, uh, yes. check out Raycon at uh, buyraycon.com slash THPN if you guys want to support the show. And uh, I wasn't kidding. Oh, you know what? I played the wrong uh, DraftKings ad, but um, there's huge Super Bowl deals, and I played uh, the conference championship one. Uh, so hopefully none of you <laughs> noticed, but go to DraftKings and use promo code THPN. All right. See you guys.